you turn on the nightly news, one of the primary topics that's really been in kind of, uh, as far as I remember, we've had discussions on this for the last 20, 30 years, and it's health care. So much of your retirement, so much of your financial independence, so much of your well-being is driven by how comfortable do you feel with your choices in making medical decisions? Well, a big part of that is how do you pay for those medical decisions? So what we want to talk about today is one of the biggest tools that you can use are health savings accounts. And part of health savings accounts is you got to figure out what type of custodian you want to work with. And if you go out there and do research on the Internet, God help you. It is the wild, wild west. Guess what? you got a tour guide right here with The Money Guy Show. We're going to walk you through that and more on today's episode. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy, restoring order to your financial chaos, retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy. So, Bo, I, I see you going through the email. Great day for you to update <laughs> update your email server, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, it's probably something I should have not started at 8 in the morning, but here we are, and uh, it, it is what it is. Just to give you guys kind of a peek behind the curtain, Bo decides, now everybody else upgraded their email servers at night so that everything was consolidated, searchable, and worked. Bo half started it last night. It didn't work out perfectly for him, so he decided he'd start again this morning, and here we are. Five hours, six hours into the workday, and I think he still doesn't have email. Here's what I, Brian, we are doing some exciting stuff here at the Money Guy Show and as well as at, at the Wealth Management Practice. We're kind of, you know, we've always considered ourselves sort of technologically ahead of the curve. We are doing some, what I think, and I'm, I'm still a young guy. I'm not nearly <laughs> as, as long in the tooth as my counterpart. We're doing some cool stuff, and I'm excited to see uh, what it looks like and how it manifests itself over these next few uh, weeks and months. Leveraging technology is what I would say, and, and I think it ties in it, it nicely to the last podcast we did was on all-inclusive travel, and you guys did exactly what I asked. You you sent me some emails of things we should be considering um, as in our toolbox of things to get the best deal, and, and several of you wrote me and said, hey, Brian, when you're talking about going out there and making sure you're getting the best flights, Consider doing Google Flights. Yeah. You can go out there, and it's not much different. I remember a few years back, a lot of people were using Bing, which is Microsoft's version of the search engine. Well, it sounds like Google has kind of taken what Orbitz, what Bing, and others have done, where you can go look at a fair calendar, and if you have flexibility, you can hopefully get familiarize yourself with all the different flights, the flight numbers, the different airlines that go to different airports, and choose the best date on the calendar that gets you the lowest fare. So I thought that was some some pretty good guidance. So and The timing couldn't have been better because, Brian, we're, we're actually heading out to San Diego to speak at a, a conference here in the next month or so. We have not booked our flight yet, so we're going to use Google Flights to make sure because we have a little bit of flex in our timing. So uh, I'm still hoping Southwest is going to wink and nod at me and try to make me whole from... Um, the debacle that I'm still waiting. I, I did get an email back from Southwest saying, hey, give us about, um, I don't know, 30 days because you sure did bring up a lot of facts and figures that we need to research. So I'm hoping they're just not waiting me out on that 30 days. So hopefully we'll hear something. But this is the Money Guy Show, moneyguy.com. You can write the show directly. I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N at moneyguy.com. My co-host, Mr. Bo Hansen, is Bo, B-O, at moneyguy.com. Did I do that twice? No, you nailed it. Okay, that's perfect. Well, remember, we're fee-only advisors now in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 
um, have clients in 32 states. Love you to check out the website at moneyguy.com. It is a fresh website. I mean, I think it's maybe a month old now. Yeah, right, right. Um, we're still making improvements all the time. So go check it out. If you don't have a financial advisor or if you've been listening to me for the last going on 11 years and you say, you know what? These guys seem like they know what they're talking about. I take the relationship to the next level. We're here for you. So with all that said, let's jump in this thing. Fidelity every year comes out with their retirement healthcare cost estimate. And it always gets a lot of press, Bo, when they do this. And I think it freaked a lot of people out when they came out with the 2015 study where it said that the average 65-year-old couple is now expected to spend approximately $245,000 over their lifetime in retirement wow. on healthcare. Wow. So this is not a small thing that we're talking about financially. And I, I think this, you don't have to be an older person to be concerned about this because a lot of you guys... You know, I see all the blog posts. I see all the people who are listening. You are definitely financially minded, and you, and you're thinking about, hey, I think I want to retire at 50 years old. I want to retire at 55. And we have had a step forward in the fact that there's more flexibility that we have these exchanges and other things. But truthfully, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because yes, we have more access to exchanges, but there has been some um, rise in the cost that I think that has really made. Where healthcare is one of those things, if you don't get your arms around it to understand what your choices are, what your tools are, you could really be shortchanging your financial future. So we're going to try to help you work with one of the biggest tools that you can have out there are two things that work together. It's health savings accounts and high deductible healthcare plans. Now, a lot of you, if you're, if you're not familiar with this stuff, we're going to give you some basic terminology to understand it. Um, realize a high deductible healthcare plan for 2016 the IRS gives you some definitions. And what that is, is if you're a single individual, it means that your deductible has to be at least $1,300 a year. For a family, it has to be approximately $2,600 a year. And um, you can set up a savings platform, and that's what the health savings account steps in and does. And so health insurance, Brian, 101, when you say deductible, you're talking about that's money you spend when? At what point in time? Oh, that's... And it's good that you, because we're going to be talking about tax deductible and we have to talk about, there's a difference between tax deductible, which means it lowers your income and then deductible, meaning that what the insurance company is kind of expecting you to come out of pocket with before they let you off the hook. Now, it could be something that you're sharing that with the insurance company because there's all kind of things and we could go into details on that, but I'm just going to keep it at a 30,000 foot level. Realize that there, some insurance companies will have what's called co-insurance, whereas it might be like a 20-80 split, whereas you pay 20%, they pay 80% from dollar one, but that's not the way high deductible plans work. They're traditionally going to make you pay that deductible, $1,300 for single, $2,600 for family, or a minimum of that amount before they then kick in with their co-insurance or coverage. Um, so so that's that's something I think that um, you have to understand, that when you are doing these health savings accounts, you're going to be bearing some of the costs of, the, of what your health care costs. And that's what the government's trying to do. And that leads you, and I don't want you guys to go, oh, my God, he is about to start going through all the different numbers, how many different tables is he going to go through? And that's just not the show we're going to be doing today. I actually want you to know an overview of why this is going to be great for you from a tax standpoint, why this is going to be great for you for saving for the future and building financial independence. And I also want you to know all the benefits of just how to go and categorize and then research to put this in effect. Because I think there's a lot of blog posts. I haven't heard a lot of podcasts on this, but 
a lot of blog posts where they focus on expenses and things, but nobody's really telling you about the forks in the road, the things you need to be considering, and then also the big picture stuff. You know, sometimes I think a lot of people who are financially minded, we don't see the forest for the trees, meaning that we're focusing on sometimes the administrative costs or that $2.50 statement charge right. that they're charging you every month versus the big commission fund that maybe is sitting in that health savings account charging you 1% to 1.5% in commissions, you're, you're, you're not paying attention to what really where the money is flowing out of these things. So we're going to give you all that as we kind of jump into these things. So, Bo, you've seen, as we were putting this all together, I, I put one of these things. I didn't come up with this. I wish I could have because it sure would make me seem a lot cooler. And I guess I could do what everybody else out there does. They could act like they came up with it. But right. I'm just going to tell you. I didn't come up with triple tax advantage, yeah. but it's a cool thing. And health savings accounts carry this distinction that most things don't have. You know, it is a true legal loophole. And that's, you know, a lot of people, when you think about loopholes, Bo, you wrote something. uh, I was reading it. We were, you know, you had me read an email or something. And we were talking about, you know, not reporting income is a bad thing. Right. But you said tax avoidance. What did you say about yeah, that? Yeah, so tax evasion is a bad thing. You're actually criminally liable for that. You can go you to get jail. Al Capone. A lot of Al Capone folks have that happen. Tax avoidance, however, is highly encouraged in this country. With a little bit of research and a little bit of due diligence, you can avoid paying some taxes by some proper planning. So we always say here at the firm uh, or in the practice, tax evasion, illegal. Tax avoidance, Highly encouraged. Yeah, and it's like, it's like most things we talk about here on the Money Guy Show. We want your money to go three to five percent more than your peers. So if you can understand the best way to deploy your army of dollar bills, because I haven't talked about that army of dollar bills in a while, but every dollar that you earn that you can get after taxes and help grow, or money that you can then invest and get a tax deduction. That is all stuff that you are totally maximizing as much as possible. So let's talk about the triple tax advantage. Love how that rolls off the tongue. And I think it, it probably has something to do with the accounting background. You know, having a CPA background when I hear triple tax advantage, it's like you're rolling two T's together and then you, you got this, this really sticking it to the government legally. That's a good thing. And here's what we mean. Number one, when you make account contributions to your health savings account, it's going in pre-tax, meaning you're going to get a tax deduction and it's going to lower what you pay in taxes in the year you make contributions. So that's, Layer one of the triple tax advantage. But 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 wait a second, Brian. I know a lot of things that exist that are tax deductibles. Once you have a certain level of success or certain income, you don't get that anymore. Is an HSA the same way? Come one, come all. I don't care if you make $30,000 a year. I don't care if you make a million dollars a year. We're going to give you some tax deductions on a health savings account. So great point, but they don't care which shape, size, whatever you're coming in. You get a tax deduction with a health savings account. Layer two of the triple tax advantage it makes me think like of a seven layer dip, a Mexican seven <laughs> layer dip. It's only three layers, so maybe you're only putting the beans, the cheese, and guacamole. No, note to self: don't record the show so close to lunch anymore. That's what I just learned. <laughs> so the second layer is the earnings, meaning when you invest that money or if you have some interest yield coming out, tax free if they're used for medical purposes, tax-deferred if you save it for retirement. And that's right. 
you notice you have choices. I'm going to be talking about in a minute, not to give too much of a teaser. There are choices with these health savings accounts too, but that's layer two. Your earnings get to grow either tax deferred or tax free. And here's the big winner. Number three, just like if you use these things for medical expenses, whether it's in the current year that you make the contribution or in the future year, they are completely tax-free if used for qualified medical expenses. So what I'm hearing you say, Brian, is it's kind of like a 401k in that I can put money in now, get a tax deduction for it. It's going to grow tax-deferred. But if I use it for medical expenses, it actually kind of turns from a 401k into a Roth IRA. Is but, that kind of true? But here's the thing. It's even better in the fact that, okay, you get a choice. You have to make a, a decision whether you're doing Roth contributions in a retirement account or traditional. And the cool thing about a Roth is you put the money in now. We don't give you a tax deduction now, but you get to let the assets grow tax-free. And if you use them, that growth is never taxed. But this is even better because what we're saying is we're going to go ahead and give you a t- tax deduction just like a traditional contribution to retirement is. But if then you use it for medical expenses, We're not going to tax you on it. So it's the best of both worlds. We're going to give you a tax deduction now, and we're going to let the assets grow tax-free, and then we're going to let you use the money in the future without paying any taxes on any of the earnings or growth, and it's going to be tax-free too. Hence, triple tax advantage. That is amazing. It's incredible. I mean, that's why it really is walking around with this tax crown going, don't mess with me. Because, I mean, and that's why if you are, now here's the, here's the thing. A lot of you are like, well, gosh, why am I not doing these things? It's because you have to be, you have to be in a, a special situation. So before you get too excited and all of you guys run out there and say, well, I've got to do a health savings account, I need you to slow down just a little bit and realize that a lot of you probably are working and have group health insurance. Mm-hmm. And in general, High deductible health plans have lower premiums, but what you don't know, and you're going to need to go do your research and find out, is that your employer might be highly subsidizing their portion or a good portion of your health insurance. And if they're highly subsidizing your health insurance, it might not make sense if you have what's called a Cadillac plan where you, you know, you have low deductibles, you have just co-pays when you go to the doctor and your, your employer is highly subsidizing your monthly, you know, insurance premium. These might not work for you. Right. However, if you are the type of person you're self-employed, you work for a small business where they don't have a huge, robust health insurance option, you probably are going to have some high-deductible health care options. Um, what, so I want you to look at that and consider it. And, and you're, a lot of you are probably going, wait a minute, I know there's a, what's called an HR, a health reimbursement account, an right. HRA there's HSAs. What's different? And just giving you an overview, I don't want this show to get too much in the weeds, but realize an HRA, a health reimbursement account, the employer is probably going to put a little bit more into that plan because guess what? If you leave employment and you haven't spent the money, there's a chance they get to pick up whatever's left in the account. With a health savings account, whatever's left in the account is yours. That's one of the huge benefits of health savings account is that you have complete control. These things are portable, meaning that if you leave and you have, you leave employment or if you're self-employed and you decide you want to change or maybe you get a new job and you get full health insurance, if you've put $10,000 in the health savings account over the last two years and they're still in that account, you have complete control to let that money sit out there and grow or, or, or use it for health insurance, health benefits, I should say. And one small tangent, Brian, and this is something huge because, you know, November's coming up and most, I think most health plans are up for, uh, open enrollment and stuff around the November timeframe. Uh, you said something very interesting. A lot of employers 
might actually give you money for one plan or another, whether it be through funding your HSA for you or potentially offering some health reimbursement money. One very, very important thing is when you go look at your health insurance options in November and you think about which plan makes the most sense, be very careful not to just look at what the out-of-pocket paycheck cost is going to be. Yep. This plan is going to cost me 100 bucks a week. This one's 150 I'm going with the 100 Because your employer, it's not too difficult to figure out which way they kind of want to shift you to go. Yep. And they might do that by offering you some free money out there. Even if you take the more expensive plan, it might actually be less expensive over the long term because of some incentives or benefits they're throwing in there. That's a great point. I mean, you need to try to figure out what their motivation is and what they're trying to corral you into doing and, and take advantage of it. That's a big thing. So let's talk about these other benefits. I've already talked about the complete control that you own this account. These things are completely portable. They can be transferred to different custodians. We're going to be talking about the custodians here in a minute. But here's the other big part. Just like I, I, I bragged about them walking around with their tax crown, where they're, they're flexing on the Roth IRAs, they're flexing on all the other, your 401k. Um, here's another big thing about them. They don't have a required minimum distribution. So, oh. so if you're, if you're using your health savings account, not just for health insurance and for, and for the future, it could potentially realize these things have, and I don't even know if I mentioned this earlier, once you hit 65, if you have built up a big enough basket of funds in your health savings account and you want to use this money just to help subsidize your retirement cash flow, you can, and all you pay is income taxes, just like you would a traditional IRA. You will pay it at ordinary income tax rate. It will grow essentially tax-deferred. Remember, if it's used for medical expenses, qualified medical expenses, tax-free, but you can use it to subsidize your retirement income, and it doesn't have a requirement a requirement at 70 and a half to take required minimum distributions like your IRA and your 401ks will. So that's a, that's a huge benefit. So Brian, this thing sounds pretty awesome. Why don't I just go take, you know, I've got a million dollar portfolio sitting there. Why don't I just go roll a million bucks into an HSA? Well, of, of course, you know how the government is. They're not going to let you put too much money in these things. Remember when I said it's a triple tax advantage? That's because there's there's funding limits. Just like you can't go put a million dollars in a Roth IRA, they don't let you. I guess you could convert, potentially pay taxes, but focusing on HSAs, they, they cap how much you can put in each year. For a single individual, you can put $3,350 into the account. For a married or a family, meaning that there's more than two people on it, you can put $6,750 into it. And if you're over 55 years of age, you can each do $1,000 a piece. So I guess if you had a husband and wife or a, a couple uh, and you had two spouses and they're both over 55, you could put $8,750 into the plan. And that's that's how they keep you. They're not going to let you put a million dollars in this thing, unfortunately, Bo. And I just I want to I want to drive this fact home because I think it's important. Six thousand seven hundred fifty dollars is what you can put in for a family plan in 2016. In 2016, if you do that, you put six thousand seven hundred fifty dollars in, uh, and you're in the twenty five percent marginal tax bracket. Let's just assume you fall in the twenty five percent bracket. That means you will immediately shave about seventeen hundred dollars off your tax bill. Yep. That's true, right? Yes, that's a true uh, statement. Huge, huge benefit. Yeah, and if you think about it, divide that by 12. $140. So a portion of your premium to a degree through it can be paid for through tax savings. That's always a powerful thing to think about in those terms. So really, like I said, the government has every incentive to encourage you to take responsibility 
for your health care because they know America's aging and they're trying to push as much of that obligation onto you, the responsible citizen, so hopefully they're not left holding the bag on everything. So let's transition and have the discussion on finding that perfect health savings account custodian because after you figure out that you want to do the health savings account, you're like, well, gosh, i got to find somebody to park my money with. And if I'm going to park my money with somebody, what do I want out of this health savings account? And I'm going to tell you personally, I've used health savings accounts. You've used health savings accounts, Bo. Yep. Um, I love, this is what I want. I want a debit card. I want something that gives me easy access to that pot of money. I don't want to have to go fill out a bunch of paperwork. I want to have in my wallet a debit card so that when I go fill a prescription, or if I go to the doctor and I have to pay for something out of pocket, I just swipe that debit card. It makes it easy, doesn't it? So, so there is certainly an ease of access with that. I operate a little bit differently with my HSA because super tightwad. So I use my rewards credit card, right, to go. <laughs> so anytime I pay a healthcare expense, I always put it on, you know, probably my, you know, 2% Fidelity Visa now. Get my rewards and I'll reimburse myself from the HSA. And, and that, that is, and you and I talked, and I'm going to talk about a planning opportunity here in a minute because I'm, I'm, I have this, not, not dilemma, but a choice. And I'm going to talk about that fork in the road for you guys as well on how to use a health savings account to really maximize whether you're, you're talking about from credit card rewards. Right. I'm thinking about it from saving for retirement in the future type opportunities. So we'll, we'll, we'll delve, delve deeper into that. Um, but here's the other thing I wanted. I wanted low fees and expenses for maintaining the account. I wanted the ongoing administrative fees to remain low. I wanted, if just assuming I was going to be able to save for the future, I wanted to, uh, you know, see if there's some good long-term investments that can grow with your account that don't kill me on the fees, the management costs, the trading costs. I want to keep all those trading and, and, and cost as minimized as much as possible. And then the last thing is I want an easy interface. I want maybe a mobile app. I want something that makes it where if I want to go figure out what I spent my money on. So when it's tax prep time, when you have to go and administer this and let the government know how you spent your, your medical dollars, it's easy. Yep. Those are the, those are the, the key points I'm looking for out of my HSA custodian. So you, the next step is, well, what am I going to do? You need to go figure out a way to research it because you're going to see there's hundreds of choices. And so we tried to help you out. And I can tell you two good websites that a lot of people will go to if you go do any research on this, this, this subject matter is there's HSA rates. And then there's HSA search and you can go to our website, moneyguy.com and we're going to have links to both of those resources so you can go figure it out. But you've got to figure out if the, the different way you're going to use the health savings account because you're going to be one of two type of users. And this ties into what you were just talking about, Bo, because I think you are probably somebody right now at, the, at your station where you are with life with a young child. Yep. Cause that's the key part. That's, you have yep. a young child. And young kids go to the doctor. That's right. So it, it, it turns out to be a big chunk of your cash flow. Your free cash flow might be going to medical expenses. So you want to not only get the tax deduction, but you probably are going to want to use some of those funds that you're putting into it to pay for the medical expenses. Yep. So that is the type of person that is going to be, for sure, probably using the health savings account for current year or, or short term, say in the next year, two years, three years, you're going to be using your health savings account to actually pay for ongoing medical costs. You hit you hit on something right there I think is a, is a huge thing that's a little unique that I didn't know before I had my first health savings account, Brian. Uh, when you put money in there, 
there's not like a holding period requirement. So you can literally fund an HSA and then pull that money out next day, right? So uh, when we had our daughter last year, you know, we ended up getting some hospital bills or whatever else. Get the hospital bill, have to pay the bill. Uh, I deposit money into the HSA, pay for it with my rewards card, and then I reimburse it back to myself the next day. So it's a really quick and easy yep. transaction to make sure I'm getting that tax benefit. But because you're using it, you're a heavy user because of small children and so forth, you're probably not worried about is there a great long-term index fund or something like that. You're thinking about how do I have easy access, how do I keep the administration costs low, and how do I get some type of yield, like an interest rate, on what's sitting in that account. But it's not really a long-term thing. It might, It's going to change because that's the good thing about health savings accounts. As As your children get older, and your needs change. You can always change custodians, but you're probably going to need a custodian that has low ongoing costs, ease of convenience, good connectivity with maybe a mobile app or something like that, but then has a some type of yield. So we did a little research because that's one type of user. And when I did, you know, the HSA search and HSA rates, there were some national. I use nationwide stand. I, I you know I try to go find some companies that stood out nationwide because we have a nationwide audience. When you go to the, some of these things, you'll see that some states have specific providers mm-hmm. like credit unions and other things that are really in your neck of the woods that you really might love for the convenience right. that they are close by. But I try to stick on the national side just because of who our listeners are. And the two I just typed down was. There's um, the Stanford Federal Credit Union, which is offering currently about 1.5%. Wow. And then there's Select Account, that which is offering 1.05%. Now, realize that there are some fees associated with these. Like, I think the Select Account has like a $4 a month fee. But if you're keeping a, de- you know, uh, a few thousand dollars into this HSA, it probably could offset some of those fees just because it is earning some interest to help offset that. So that's... That's user one, which is the heavy user, and they're not really able to build up a lot of long-term balances. Option two on that fork in the road is the person that says, you know what, I'm not a heavy user, or I'm not even going to use, I'm going to pay to use my credit card to get my reward points like you were talking about, and I'm going to try to instead leverage the benefit, the tax benefits of this, so that this can be sitting out there when I'm 65 years of age, or even sooner, if I'm retiring early or something like that, I think I need to save up to make sure that $245,000 of retirement health care right. expenses are covered because I want to be bulletproof in the future. So you're the type of person that's building up long-term assets. So if you're, if you're, purpose for your health savings account is to build up long-term assets, you have different needs. You still want, um, convenience, you still want low administrative costs, but you're really the primary driver at that point now is how good are the long-term investment choices. And there's the thing that I think the money guy difference is going to 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 vary from what you're going to see out there on some of the other bloggers and so forth is because they've done such a good job when I was doing research for today's show. And I was like, these guys are nailing this research when I was going out there and doing some Google searches and so forth. But then when I got to the investment side, all they cared about was what were the administrative costs. And then they were saying, oh, it was good. It let me transfer money over to this trading platform or I could work with these partners, these mutual funds that were partnered. But then when you went to the next layer to see who those mutual funds were, I was shocked that a lot of them had commissions or high internal expenses or ticket charges. So even though, yes, you were only, you were avoiding that two to three dollar a month administrative fee, you were paying 
over a half a percent or one percent on, you know, commissions and other things, that's kind of getting not realizing what you're paying right, in fees. Yeah. And I, I think that it is very important if you are going to be doing long term that you try to find access to one of the low cost providers. I always like Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade. Those are all super low cost providers. They don't charge commissions and you just really, it's going to let you let that money work that army of dollar bills that I'm always talking about, get to work as fast and efficiently as possible. So the, the two that I came up with, just giving throwing some names out, health savings administrators, they provide direct access to Vanguard mutual funds. Matter of fact, th- here's how I found um, health savings administrators, and Bo, you've had some experience with yep. them in the past, is that I just typed in Vanguard HSA. And it takes you to the Vanguard website. And then you sa- the only company they've partnered with directly is currently is health savings administrators. Now, there's a lot of people, because I, I was trying to do my research for the podcast because I want our listeners to get the best deal, and I, there were a lot of people that really kind of dinged health savings administrators because they do have a $45 annual administration fee, and they do charge 0.25% custodial fee ongoing. And look, that, that 25 basis points, don't love it. But there's a good chance because Vanguard is so cheap. I mean, there's probably no other way to say it. Their internal expenses are so low on their investment choices that it will help offset some of those um, ongoing fees that you just to, to have access to their platform, you're going to pay. Um, the other provider that I found that was on the national side that offered some long-term choices, and I have experience working with them, is HSA Bank. HSA Bank um, allows access to TD Ameritrade's trading platform where you can get onto ETFs and other things. But there are some fees associated with that too. There's a $2.50 monthly fee, I believe, if your account's less than $5,000. And then they also, if you are going to be trading on their long-term trading platform, there's a $3 a month access fee to get to that investment platform. So I don't, I guess it's easy to say there's no free lunch. Right. But if you go and, and take your specific situation, Bo, and weigh out the benefits and what the ongoing costs are, you can kind of figure out what type of health savings account user will I be and what is going to benefit my family. So, Brian, if I'm if I'm the second second user, right? I have a family uh, and I want to do the max. So, do I just take sixty seven fifty and I just go throw it in this account and then I move it to the investment account and I invest all of it? Is that the best way to do it? Well, it, <laughs> and, and I, I giggle because there's there's you have decisions to make. I mean, because I will tell you when I I had a health savings account about five six years ago and I was doing just like you, Bo. I have two you know smaller children. I was burning through the money um, because it was needed. So I was more focused on making sure I had the out-of-pocket maximums covered. So I really wasn't I wasn't able to do that. So it was exciting that HSA Bank had TD Ameritrade, but I never got to utilize it because I was using that and I wanted to protect that out-of-pocket. Because realize, you very well, if you have a health care need, guys, you're going to have to pay. Somebody is expecting you to pay before right. the health insurance company steps up and starts paying their portion. So if you don't have liquidity, in your personal financial situation, you better be keeping some money in the health savings account. So, no, you're not going to be focusing on the long-term part on that. Now, you get to, I'm in a little different situation now. My children are a little bit older. I'm also thinking about from a tax maxim- or tax minimization strategy and planning for the future. What if I do want to leave the workforce a little bit earlier? If that's the case, I very well 
am probably going to start paying for my health care costs out of pocket and then just let this health savings account grow in the background to see how big we can grow this thing so I have options when I hit financial independence because I can use it for health care, I can use it for retirement right. cash flow. That is more powerful to me than the liquidity that's sitting in the health savings account. So I will be looking to leverage the long-term investment opportunities. And that's why I probably will consider something like a health savings administrators. So I can jump right onto that, you know, low-cost Vanguard platform. But that great question. And look, guys, I, there's only so much we can do in a money guy podcast. And there are so many variables that go into making this decision. This is your well-being, your welfare, your health care really does determine what you are, you know, how happy, how healthy, and how safe you're going to be. So these are heavy decisions. We want to be a resource. Go do your research. Go make sure you have a firm understanding on this. But if you do all that and you still don't feel completely comfortable, then by all means, you need to reach out to somebody who hopefully can make you help you make those decisions. You know, you can work out with us. You can work with another fee-only advisor. I said work you out. You said work out. You, if you want to, you can come work out with us. That's fine. No big yeah. deal. That, that's probably more meaningful from you than it is from <laughs> me. I mean, uh, you know, I go to the beach. I do 15 push-ups, and I think that's my workout <laughs> for the, you know, I'm beach ready at that point. But um, well, you know what I'm saying is that if you don't feel comfortable with such a heavy decision and you want to have somebody help you, go find a fee-only advisor, and we'd love to have that opportunity. Like I said, we're in 32 states, moneyguy.com. These type of topics, this is what's so crazy about the Money Guy Show. Last podcast, we talked about Mm all-inclusives. This podcast, we're talking about health savings accounts. I mean, there is no limit to what we can talk about here on this podcast as long as it's making you wealthier and leaner and smarter with your financial decisions. And and that's, that's the thing. That's the goal here. So if you listen to this show and you go, you know what? If these guys are willing to talk about all inclusives, now they're talking about health savings. Maybe they'll answer this question or maybe they'll address this topic. Feel free to, you know, share the love and share some ideas with us, guys, because we'd love to connect with you and see how we can help out. Like I said, I'm your host, Brian Preston. You can write me directly at Brian, B-R-I-N at moneyguy.com. My co-host, Mr. Bo Hansen at B-O at moneyguy.com. We'd love to talk to you. And we really, really appreciate how you guys have turned this passion project into something truly incredible. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to The Money Guy Show. The Money Guy Podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. And Brian Preston is a partner with Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.